Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast, and it's Bull Preview Show with the Round Guy. How you doing, Steve? Tickled to hear from you, Dr. Dave Johnson, uh, Mr. Southeast Iowa, Mrs. Johnson's favorite son, Dave the Rave, the man, the myth, the legend in his spare time. Dave, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, hey, do you ever hear of Grandview College? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're in their uh, Super Bowl or championship game this week, too. Yeah, I saw that on the news. They're uh, going for the national title. Uh, and they have done so previously with wrestling. And and uh, they're quite a school for athletes. Their, their football team, their wrestling team, their men's volleyball team, I think, is up there. They've got some, uh, you know, some top-rated athletic teams. They got one of the Sigourney players, that Dua. So, Is that uh, the kid that uh, was doing so well in high school? He's, uh, he's a big running back or quarterback. What is he? Well, I don't remember what he played. He, he's, he, play, he plays on Grandview. He played last year, and he got uh, – we just did the round guy recruitables and uh, mentioned a whole bunch of players that we hope that uh, – college teams uh, that are looking for recruits to listen to that episode and maybe check in on some of the players that from this area of the state that maybe don't get uh, as much publicity, but still have the talent. And we get, maybe we get to talk to them. That'd be perfect. Yeah, that's pretty great. So anyway, it's a big bowl week. Uh, we got a couple bowl games coming up and maybe a little re- review from the big 10 championship. Well, what's your thoughts here? Well, my understanding is that uh, we're fortunate to have Iowa State and Iowa representing, and that uh, I believe the Hawkeyes are in the Citrus Bowl, and that and that's in Orlando. A few days after Iowa State uh, plays Clemson in the Cheez It Bowl, and and so uh, we we need to talk about a little bit about what we think. Is the uh, is going to be the outcome? I, I, so Iowa State plays first, and uh, uh, you know Clemson's a strong program. You look at the one loss record of each team, and they're fairly close. So my old uh, adage of it, it's going to come down to who plays better and, and minimizes uh, the mistakes and the turnovers. And if uh, Brock Purdy's having a good day, I always feel like he is the barometer of of how Iowa State performs. If he's having a good day, he's finding his receivers. He's not throwing any picks. Uh, there's just as strong a chance that Iowa State's going to come out on top as anything. And I hope that's the way it uh, turns out. I look at these bowl games postseason. You know, they're televised to where there's a huge audience of athletes, high school kids, moms and dads that are watching around a big bowl of popcorn, that kind of thing. And and they may well be seeing some of these teams for the first time. And as a result, getting some familiarity with Iowa State and, and or Iowa, and they're saying, hey, that's that's not a bad looking school. Maybe we ought to think about going there to play football. See what I mean? Yeah. 
And if we're fortunate, we'll get some of these last-minute recruits. Maybe they, they uh, for whatever reason, they like the way Iowa State or I was playing. Haven't heard from a lot of schools in the way it's uh, being recruited. And they uh, walk out or they contact either school, and the next thing you know, they're getting a scholarship. And I think that's just the way that's supposed to work out. And I'd be tickled if it did. What about you? Well, I hope so. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be great for people from Iowa because they can go to Florida. They can spend, a, you know, uh, three days there and see two football games. There might be some that go down there to see Iowa State, hang around, and, and if there's a ticket available or two, they, they may uh, hang in there and watch the Hawkeyes. Can't be all or, that bad in Orlando, can it? Or vice versa. No, it can't be. Although, uh, so far, so good here in Iowa with the weather. That's There's been no snow, no snowstorms, and, and the temperatures have kind of gone back and forth. You know, you get a stretch of two or three days in there where the weather's warm, and, and, uh, and then it's cooled off a little bit. But uh, we've, so far, certainly knowing that, that there will come a time when we're inundated with blizzards and shoveling snow and slick roads and that type of thing. But, uh, uh, yeah, a couple of two or three days in Orlando would be welcome to those that can afford it. Uh, I would think that it'd be an enviable position to be in. Well, I I think we're going to have good games. Both these games don't seem like too far out of reach for us. I, I think, uh, you know, as I look at it, it's just me talking. I, I think Iowa's got a better chance of beating Kentucky than Iowa State does with Clemson. You know, Clemson's been tough. Uh, their one loss record, I think, helps prove that. And, uh, again, it's going to be a minimal amount of mistakes made, and that's going to that's gonna be your winner right there. So... I'm looking forward to it. I, I always want to watch the uh, Cyclones, and I always enjoy watching the, the uh, Hawkeyes. So it'll be a couple of days, not that far apart, where I can curl up here in front of my TV and watch both games and hope for a victory from each of them. Well, usually at this time of year, uh, after the bowl games are over, I really start looking forward to baseball, but I don't think we're going to see any. Could be uh, absent for a while. That's uh, disheartening, you know, because a while back I was saying, hey, we're only a month or two away from spring training. But now we may be a little bit further uh, back uh, than I thought. But I hope we get it in. I hope, I, I'm hope. i sure they want to get out and play and make their, you know, $19 million a year, that type of thing. Because, see, here's what happens is, is uh, and I've, I've grown somewhat uh, um, uh, upset about it, is you're in the middle of the baseball season, like you and me, and we just love the game. So we're excited and we're watching. It's getting towards the tail end of the season, but then college football kind of sneaks into the picture. See, and then... And then you see baseball kind of starting to move to the back of the newspaper or back to the 
uh, end of the sports cast, you know, during the six o'clock news, right? Because college football sneaks in there. And then you're ensconced in the middle of football season, and the next thing you know, college basketball and the NBA sneaks in, and football's taking kind of a back seat. So it's it's uh, disheartening for me, and I'm sure for you too, because I think what I would imagine is you're similar to me where uh, you're more a baseball fan than anything else. Am I right? That's for sure. Yeah, I endure I'm the other you. sports. I'm with you. Baseball is, for me, baseball is the ultimate sport. Football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, all that other stuff is designed to give baseball players something to do in the off season. That's how I've always looked at well, it. That's, that's why they invented so, basketball, to keep the baseball players in shape in the winter. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So that's that's my take on it. You know, baseball is prominent. Then the football sneaks in. Football becomes, uh, you know, popular. Everybody's following it, and then uh, basketball sneaks in. So, I, I, you know, I remember a time, and it was long ago, when, you know, the seasons didn't overlap like they do now. You know, when you you were uh, following baseball. You know, you went the 162 games, playoffs in the World Series, and then football started. And you got all the way through football, college football, playoffs, bowl games, Super Bowl, and then basketball started. And then somewhere after basketball, hockey started. And and now that's not the way it is. The, the uh, need for the almighty dollar and for the – need for these all these professional teams to play and make as much money as they can they're all starting you know they they overlap (laughs) and i don't like it i just don't like it dave well there's something in the new uh they're trying to change in baseball and i don't like it what's that no dh in the national league or dhing in the national league i guess no more Pitchers hitting. I, I don't like that at all. And you, you don't. You want the DH? You're a fan of that? No, I, I like I like it with the DH in the American League and then the National League playing real baseball. I think that was great. You could have both, but if you just have the DH in both leagues, then uh, I don't know. The game will change a lot. Yeah, I don't. The, the DH in the American League has been around forever. Do you know who the first DH was? Let me test your trivia uh, here for a minute. The very first DH in the American League, who was he? I don't know. Hal McCray. You are incorrect. Of course, I'm not going to ask you a trivia question that doesn't involve the Yankees. And as it turned out, uh, there was... uh, and I forget now which team it was. It might have been, might have been the Red Sox, uh, and their D. But it was the Yankees, and it was Ron Bloomberg was the very first. Oh, no, Ron Bloomberg! That was my second guess. Uh, yeah, and you would have been correct. Uh, something happened. There was a delay. I I remember I remember this where there was a delay 
in, in the start of a game or it would have been someone other than Ron Bloomberg. But as it turns out, he was the first DH. And when uh, one of the PR guys for the Yankees went, told Bloomberg he needed his bat to go for, to the uh, Cooperstown Hall of Fame, uh, Bloomberg said, what, why? What happened? What's the deal? And he had forgotten that uh, or didn't realize that he was the first DH and they were going to commemorate that at the Hall of Fame. And he lost his bat over the deal. How about that? Hmm. So David Bloomberg is in the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds and Pete Rose are not. Yeah. Well, I, you know, he's not elected. There's a display with his bat and the information about how he was the first DH. Hmm. Seems fair. He's not, he's not been voted in because of that, but uh, but it's interesting. In fact, I have seen that exhibit at uh, Cooperstown a couple of times. Uh, every time I go back to New York, for whatever reason, I always make a pilgrimage to uh, Cooperstown. Because to me, that is the promised land. That is the Mecca. It's a religious experience. If you've not ever been to Cooperstown, uh, Dave, and have you? I got close one time. Uh, I was driving a semi out there. It was in the area. But I was trying to find a place to park the truck, and I couldn't find a place to park the truck. And I had a deadline to meet, and it was uh, not to be. But... Uh, uh, you you get everything. I, I don't think it seems like everything we talk about. It's like, oh, yeah, I was there. But Well, uh, uh, that's just the kind of guy I am, Dave. <laughs> I like to say I've been there, done that, saw that, and uh, uh, there's still a few a few things that that uh, I have yet to see, but, but I, you're right. I have made it a point to try to uh, try to get to all of those sites and, and the ability to say I was there and saw it, and that kind of thing. So I bet it's beautiful. I bet it's wonderful. I bet they got to pry you out of there with a crowbar. Pretty much. You know, they're rattling the keys uh, at closing time, and they've, they've uh, had to run me out before. But you know what? Even in doing so, you can literally, if you're a baseball fan, and I know you are, you can spend all day in the Hall of Fame and uh, and still not see all of it. You know, might have to get a hotel and come back the next day. Well, if you're missing Amazing. if you're missing out on baseball or thinking about baseball, we may have you covered. We did some pretty good interviews uh, about the Negro Leagues in Iowa, didn't we? Oh, we sure did. Phil S. Dixon, wonderful man. I found him quite congenial and knowledgeable, certainly. And uh, I wouldn't be opposed to having him back on time and time again. So uh, I did check into where the Buxton team is. It wasn't where I thought in Bussey, but it is in Mahaska County or on the Mahaska-Marion County line between uh, Oskaloosa and Pella. Oh, so, all right. The all Buxton right. Wonders. That's that's our new Negro League team. I I agree. Gosh darn it. Uh, let's go to Buxton and uh, hang out. We maybe should. they, you know, maybe 
You know, and as you know, I I collect uniforms, and it, wouldn't it be okay? I mean, if there were people that still had some uniforms of some of the Negro League teams there, or I even would love to, replica uh, ones, you know, that were, you know, just like the ones that they had. Yeah, I would love to track some of those down, and and if they were available for purchase, or uh, I, I that that would be. Because I've, as I told you, I've been to the Negro League Museum in Kansas City, and and a lot of the uniforms they have there are replicas. And I don't know if that means I should ask Phil uh, when we talk to him. But but I'm I'm curious as to whether or not they've just had uh, a, 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 not a, as much success. You know, tracking those down and having people donate them to the museum. Uh, yeah. It's unfortunate if they haven't, but even the Cooperstown Hall of Fame has some replica jerseys in there instead of the actual ones. Yeah, I I'll mean, bet you didn't know that. You know, I, I'm sure they do. I mean, you're talking about 70 to 100 years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just... I don't know. We really enjoyed that. And uh, we're going to keep talking about baseball. Football's about over here. And uh, we got a couple more games. I hope you guys are excited about that. You got anything else before we wrap it up, Steve? I just want to wish you, the closer we get to these holidays, I want to keep reiterating to you, for you and yours, to have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. And, uh, I hope you get uh, 20 or 30 fruitcakes and uh, and just have an enjoyable time. And and I also want to echo that sentiment to all the folks that listen to us. I hope all of you had a great have a great holiday and you get lots of fruitcake. Well, either fruitcake or not, I hope it's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And let's uh, let's stay in touch about the. Uh, the uh, contract issues going on with our major leaguers and the uh, players association and the owners. And let's get this back on track and get spring training going. You got any idea what's the divide there? I don't, I I, I don't other than, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, both sides have got to give in a little bit. You know, I'm sure the owners are being stingy about some things. I'm sure the players, some of the players are being unreasonable about some things. They got to get together, though, and and iron all that stuff out. Well, one of the things that the players are complaining about is that so many teams aren't spending the money. So they're offering to make them spend a hundred million a piece. Everybody's got to spend a hundred million payroll. Every team in the league has to spend a minimum of a hundred million, which the players like that. But instead of a two twenty uh, luxury tax, they want to bring it to one eighty, and the players don't like that. Uh, it wouldn't mean they wouldn't be able to sign people over that. It would just mean there'd be more teams paying into the pool. Uh, but. Uh, it probably is a problem, though, that a lot of those teams just take the money and pocket it, you know, instead of reinvesting it in the players. But there's a, a hell of a lot more places to spend money than just on the players in the ballpark. Well, park. I know one of the other.
other issues going on is that for the longest time, uh, minor league players have gotten the short end of the deal uh, because historically, you know, when you sign a you might be one of those, you know, high draft picks and a big bonus baby and you, you sign your contract and you get a bonus of a million dollars or so to, to sign and you can run out and buy your folks a new house and get some new cars and you can report to whatever level your, your team uh, assigns you to. But a lot of the teammates of a player like that are only going to have signed for a minimal amount of money. And, and, uh, you know, then you got to find a place to rent and have nine guys in it, you know, that kind of thing. And so historically the minor leaguers, you know, and then they got to split $20 a day for meal money and that's not enough to feed you. And so, uh, they're tr- the effort is to try to get minor league players a fair amount of money so that they can uh, find a place to live and eat and and uh, and not you know share a two bedroom apartment with eight guys you know so I know that's part of the issue and I hope that that works out because I've heard a lot of war stories from uh, players that that had to go through that you know when they were in the minor leagues trying to work their way up to that to the big money. Well, I think the owners basically didn't have any revenue in 2020, you know, at all. I mean, certainly a third of a season isn't enough to pay the bills or, you know, the upkeep, you know, exactly. So, but I mean, I wouldn't mind if they shaved, you know, say $5 million a year off of the $30 million contracts and distributed that out among the, the, uh, I guess the underprivileged ones that make like seven million, but uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I just wish they just play baseball. I really uh, don't like the lockouts or the strikes or the you know or the well, just the lack of planning. Ultimately, you know, are the fans are the ones that get hurt the most. Well, the fan, <laughs> if they keep doing this stuff, you know. Yeah, I remember it took a. It took a while for a lot of the fans to come back, and there are some that still say they, they're the hell with baseball because they went through it, the strike season so far back. Well, my so, favorite t- strike they had, uh, I can't remember it was in the 80s or something, but uh, the TBS just remember started. Remember back when they, they finally came back and they were playing baseball and, and the commissioner and the other – administrative people in the game and the, and the teams individually, they, they said, we've got to figure out a way to bring the fans back to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And that's when you'll remember that they started throwing the uh, foul balls and the, uh, the, the game ending play, you know, the first baseman would toss the ball into the stands and they, they came out, they were signing more autographs and that's when they started throwing the baseballs up into the stands. That was an effort to appease a lot of the fans that were upset without having had baseball for a while because of the strike. 
and now that's pretty commonplace. I don't know about the autographs as much anymore, but it, it doesn't matter what game is, you're going to see players toss the ball up into the stands. That never used to happen. Yeah, didn't so, happen on the Cincinnati Reds when Marge Schott was owning it. She didn't. No. She didn't like that. So that was a big waste of money. Yeah, she was as tight-fisted as they come. <laughs> well, this has been a great. Uh, I enjoyed talking about this stuff. So, I guess we'll uh, we'll put a bow on this one. But it was good talking to you, Steve. And we'll we'll figure out something to do about baseball. I just. Uh... I, a buddy of mine just turned me on to this Stratomatic baseball. Are you oh, doing? I love that. Are you involved with that? I did that when I was a kid all the time. Well, this one's the – was that the one where you spun the uh, the wheel? Real dice. Huh? You have probability cards, a pitcher's probability card and a hitter's yeah. probability card, and you rolled dice. The one through three was the hitter's cards and the – Four, five, and six was the pitcher's cards. So if you yeah, I did that one too. But this one is computerized. Oh, I bet I'd like to get a hold of that because I I yeah. probably never saw yeah, playing. Yeah, I'll have to show you to his. Uh, but this buddy of mine here in town uh, turned me on to that, and I'm uh, my record right now. I'm the Iowa Yankees, and my record right now is. Uh, I'm five and four. So we're just starting this one out. And and who do you suppose my catcher is? Carl Yastrzemski? <laughs> no, I'm kidding you. Uh, the Yankees, you're my favorite. Uh, Thurman Munson? Correct. Move to the head of the class, Dave. Thurman Munson's my catcher, and, and uh, he's doing real well, as you would expect. And so I'll, I'll turn you on to that here when I know a little bit more about what I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Let's wrap this up. We'll talk again soon, and I love you. We've got a great show for you tomorrow, too. So thanks for listening. <laughs>